back whenever I was a kid, one of the things that our school used to do, maybe you guys remember this, was AR, Accelerated Reader, everybody's favorite thing in the whole world. And one of my favorite kind of sets of books or genres of books to read to get AR points, see, you read these books and you take these tests and they give you so many points anyway. It was like a ploy to get kids to read. It was, it was wonderful. And so one of the things that I love to do is I love to read this certain genre of book. And I guess you'd call it like maybe like a survivor genre. Uh, I read books like The Hatchet, The River by Gary Paulson. And My Side of the Mountain. My Side of the Mountain was about this kid who I guess ran away and go lay, lived in the wilderness or something like. Anyway, I would read these books and I was like utterly fascinated. Man, I want to do this whenever I grow up. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have a wife. I don't want to pay a mortgage. I don't want to buy food. I just want to like live out in the wilderness and do nothing all day and just like make hatchets out of, out of wood and, and go and hunt moose or something like that. It was a childhood dream of mine. And so as you might imagine or as you might guess, as a kid, I loved St. John the Baptist because he was like the fulfillment of all my dreams. I mean, this guy was invincible in my eyes. He didn't have a job. He didn't have to go to work. He didn't have to pay a mortgage. And he didn't have to go to the grocery store. Something I also hated to do as a kid. But as an adult, a lot of us, I think, look at John the Baptist and think, this guy is crazy. I mean, what is this guy doing? I mean, he's got clothed in camel hair, wearing this leather belt, eating locusts. I cannot imagine that tastes very good. And wild honey, don't ask me what that is. I don't even know. But my point being is that on first glance, this guy is just a wild man. And I would probably agree with that usually, except for there's a few minor details that make me not believe necessarily that he is a completely crazy guy, that he's not just some like wild dude like foaming at the mouth yelling and screaming god is coming watch out be afraid for the simple reason that a lot of people came out to see what was going on people of the whole judean countryside and all the inhabitants of jerusalem that to me is a very very important detail because think about it how many crazy people do you and i ignore just completely like ignore, get away from, be like, oh man, you give me the creeps, don't talk to me. And yet, that's not the reaction of the whole Judean countryside, of all of Jerusalem. They didn't think this guy gives me the creeps, they thought there was this guy was on to something. And the question then is, what did they see exactly in John the Baptist? What did they see that we maybe aren't seeing? And I think what they're seeing is the last prophet of God. The last prophet of God. My friends, John the Baptist, as the early church fathers say, is the hinge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. John the Baptist is the final prophet. He's the greatest prophet. It's why Jesus said, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. No one greater than John the Baptist. And that's why a lot of the church fathers say that he was wearing a leather belt around his waist. Because John the Baptist resembled an Old Testament prophet. And a lot of Old Testament prophets, namely I, excuse me, Elijah, 
wore a leather belt around their waists. And so then that begs the question, what is this man prophesying? On the one hand, he's prophesying baptism, John the Baptist. Now we think of of Baptists, we tend to think of, of, of baptism, the Christian baptism, where we're washed of our sins. But all Baptist means, all the word baptism means is to bathe, to bathe. So in a sense, we're looking at John the bather. And so what his bath is, is a symbolic bath of repentance of sins. And that's why he acknowledges that, look, all I'm doing is bathing you with water. I'm removing some dirt, symbolizing your sins. But the one coming after me, the guy that's going to follow me, he's not going to baptize you with just water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which means this ain't just a symbol. This will legitimately cleanse your soul. There's nothing creative about it. There's nothing cute about it. This is a true purging of your sins to make you sons and daughters of God. That's the other reason why I think John the Baptist is the greatest of men ever to live. John the Baptist had extraordinary trust in God. And in many ways, he accomplished something great. I don't think I would ever have the real courage to go out into the desert, put on camel hair, put on a leather belt and eat locusts and wild honey, yelling and screaming, prepare the way of the Lord. But he did have that courage. And the beauty of it is with all that courage, he never let it get to his head. And that's the difference. That's why I don't think John the Baptist was crazy. Because usually, at least my experience with those who have maybe not had the, the healthiest mental, I don't know, mental thought process, usually the problem a lot with insanity and, and craziness is, and this happens to all of us, we kind of tend to think about ourselves a lot. To be very, very self-oriented. Very much about kind of our own world, our own view, our own way of looking at things. But John the Baptist had no such illusions. John the Baptist was fully aware that one greater than him was coming. And that compared to this man, he's not even worthy to unloosen his sandals. That's humility. And that is true, beautiful perspective. John the Baptist recognized where he was. He recognized his humility. He recognized that he was a man just like every other man Sinful and yet completely dependent upon God. And I think that's the message of John the Baptist's life for you and for me. Is that we can really and truly depend upon God. That if we live to cry out in the desert that Jesus Christ is here, that Jesus Christ is risen and that Jesus Christ is coming again. Then God will take care of us. God will send us locusts. He will send us honey. He will clothe us with camel hair. He will give us what we need to live. He might not give us everything. Might not be a mansion. Might not be a yacht. But he will give us what is required for us to sustain our lives. So that we can be a voice crying out in the wilderness. So that our very lives can be a beautiful witness to God and God alone. And so my friends, as we go forth this Advent season... May we have a little bit of a wild side. May we have a little bit of John the Baptist in him. Going forth boldly, bravely, and confidently as voices crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord.